Yeah. If we broke up, I know what I would do. Where? Call and take the cane ball out my name. Make sure that the Wi-Fi password change. Nothing is beneath me, I'm just saying. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. Diddy Coralone, a.k.a. The One True King of the South, a.k.a. I'm bored in my house and I'm in my house bored, a.k.a. Why can't you <laughs> niggas wear masks? Why can't you niggas wear masks is, is the question that I have on my heart um, on, this good, on this good Wednesday evening that we are recording. And on the hotline, yeah. as always, is my wonderful and gracious and lovely co-host. Hey y'all, it's your girl Ali Nicole, aka your favorite little shit talker, aka that bundled up badass. This shit getting itchy. I ain't even gonna hold you. AKA Madam Decker. Just pat it. Just pat it. Just pat it. I did. I've been me? patting. I've been patting. AKA headmistress of headassery. AKA Jada Pickett Smith's little black book. AKA that little baby who's I'm so tired. I'm so tired. That little baby who is so tired. <laughs> How you doing, friend? Um, it's been a long, hard week, and we're halfway through the week. Um, cause this week is, you know what? Go ahead. This 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 week has been a lot, and we're halfway through it. Um, I just so again, we're just gonna get straight to the shits because I ain't really got I ain't really got time for pleasantries and, and, and shit right now. I just feel I feel like I've wasted three and a half months of my life, and yeah. and because it's like the play the, the the state of the country on July first is not demonstrably is not demonstrably better than the state of the country on March thirteenth when all this shit officially went to hell. It's not, um, and I'm just trying to figure out. What in the entirety of the fuck um, was the last three plus months for? If we are right. still in the same spot, does that make sense? Yes, and, and actually, we're not in the same spot. We're worse. So, we're worse. so, so, so for our listeners who may may think, okay, Diddy's officially lost it. Someone, please check on him. Um, here's what we're talking about. And we'll talk until like how our weekend's been, and we'll, we'll we'll intersperse that shit throughout the episode because there's real, there's not really structure at this point, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, no. So, so for in Ohio, our stay-at-home law was first passed on March. Like, okay, the first regulations were passed March 13th or like March 12th. I remember that day very specifically. Because we, as a collective, as a podcast, had two bags, or, you know, me personally, and us as a podcast, we had events and, and bags and, and things that were scheduled to kind of bring us exposure, bring us financial gains, all of that good shit, canceled right. because of Big Rona. So I remember when it started in the state of Ohio, very specifically, the, the bans on gatherings of over 100 people and then it kind of got progressively and progressively worse to even where at this point where now we are recording 
remotely because all of the studios that we use are shut down for temporarily because of this uh, crisis. So I remember when it started. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, I remember a first three to four weeks where going to the grocery store felt like you felt like you were half bird box, half walking dead with a little mix of like, with a little mix of like Mad Max in there, where it was like a free for all, like niggas is out here buying up all the toilet paper. So you got to buy a toilet paper so you can have somewhere to wash out, like wipe your ass. Niggas are buying up the water. Nigga, niggas are selling hand sanitizer like a coke, like just a lot of going going on and going down. And I remember that first month, and then I remember the month that was we call it the Zoom month, right? Where we were just everyone was just at home, just kind of stuck. I remember we all at first we had right. those we had those cute little t- see a shot, take a shot challenges, and um, okay, the first week of quarantine was lit as shit. Let's be fair, okay? The Excuse me, Mo. No, no, it wasn't. We were inside. Okay, okay. Calvin, Calvin, Calvin. Worth. You were in the house scared. I made the best out of the situation. Yes, the see a shot, take a shot challenges. I overindulged. That first week where everybody was excited to like work from home and like pull up and everybody was like figured out somebody to be quarantined in. Like, I was definitely like big i definitely had a little jar i was laid up with for the beginning of quarantine where we are with things now is questionable mind your business and respect my privacy at this time but you mean the privacy that you volunteered you know to our whole listeners that that privacy okay never mind keep going they know how this goes keep going keep go. going okay? there's a drake line for everything but like th- that's what i'm saying so the first week for me was great I was drunk as fuck. Oh, nigga, first week for me was miserable, so fuck you, nigga. Like, it was miserable for me. I had been at home, but hear me out. I had also been at home about two weeks before quarantine. So, like, my job had already already laid me off, like, two weeks before quarantine. So, shit, you know what I'm saying? So, for me, this was normal for me. And it was more or less like, oh, now my niggas is also in the house. So, we're about to make the the best out of the situation. The worst part about quarantine was like, yes, in one weekend, I watched money walk out of my pocket. Like, money just left. It was done. It was over with. Then, um, on top of that, like, um, I had a birthday during quarantine. Like, the height. Like, my birthday was at the beginning of April. So when the restrictions, there was literally, like, nothing coming, nothing going. Everything closed by 7 o'clock. You know, that was my birthday. So... I get it, but of anybody who's, like, complaining about, you know, just being over it, I hear you. Like, I empathize with it. I'm an extrovert, a proud extrovert at that. Sitting in the house constantly is, it's daunting for me. Like, I get a lot of my pleasures from external things. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, this shit is exhausting. However, it's still dangerous. So, and I'd rather so, be so annoyed you're, with being you're, in the house. You're following my point. So, here's my point. I'm, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I, I need to. Because no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't still fully understand the risks. Um, we are seeing spikes in pretty much every state that's sh- like shown to, like chosen to open up early. Um, again, the studies show that the spikes are not linked to the, the protests over the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and others. Like the studies show that 
that's not the link. So do you have people blaming the protesters why the, the spike is up? That's not true. The spike. I mean, let me no, let me no. You can tell because you can tell because every state that had protests didn't also open up early. Follow me. So, for example, right. New York City had massive protests over over recent events, but they also had they also had a lot of uh, stuff still in place, like bars and restaurants weren't open for real, like for dining. There were no bar, you know, stuff like that. So they so. In those places where, yes, you have protests, but you didn't really have the kick it or let's go out and eat, let's go dine in or something like that, but the, the, there weren't spikes. The spikes came in states where the restrictions were lifted earlier. Um, this is right. according to um, data from the New York Times and other, you know, kind of non-bias uh, publication. So... So my frustration is this, because again, I echo all of your sentiments. I'm, I am an extrovert. Some would call that a mixing nigga, but you know, we don't take negative connotation here on my platform. Um, you no, know, African-American and vernacular English is very valid. So if you want to call yourself mixy without, without the negative connotation, friend, you have every right. But anyways. But I'm not a, I'm not extra. I'm not a mixy nigga. There's two different things. A mixy nigga be niggas who everybody my business. I just like to kick it and get niggas drunk. Two different things. Um, oh, I love getting niggas drunk, especially if they're from out of town. It's my favorite. So what's odd is that I flew in the town to get somebody drunk, but we'll touch on why we here in a minute. So kind of going back to the point, right? So I'm frustrated that I have sacrificed three months. You know, what I'm saying of like my life in this miserable kind of hellscape hellhole that is our new normal. Right. And we were told right. and we were told and we can, t- and I mean, there's so many points about like the, the incompetent leadership that our government has shown to where, to where now America is on the band list for travelers across the world. Like mm-hmm. how ironic that in the country that champions American exceptionalism right and like how we we call countries in africa and their shithole countries where across the world now those same countries are like we're not letting americans in because y'all niggas are not act right um it's, it's, it's a touch it's a touch of irony so but i guess my frustration is is in these three months we were told like look man i know we we're supposed to buckle up for the long haul but we were told also like this will give time to kind of, you know, get everything in order, get our infrastructures in order to kind of prevent cases and deaths and get and that we have not seen that. We have because we've we've kneecapped the response. So now we were trying to not become Italy, because Italy was the um global epicenter after China. You know, so we were trying not to get on the same pace as Italy. That's why they told us like sit your ass down, say your ass in the house. And now Texas has more new cases in daily than Italy did at its peak. You feel me? So it's like we it's like we did all this for nothing because a couple things. A, the incompetent leadership that a lot of our government has shown. Um, y'all president just is an absolute fucking idiot. And I know if I don't really expect us to have like supporters of that guy on our podcast, but because at that point, if you if you were a supporter of that guy, you would have jumped ships on us a long time ago. But if any of you, right. if any of you niggas are still listening, I, like y'all can go fuck yourself too, um, because you're supporting not only 
a racist and a rapist, but you're also supporting just an imbecile. Like, you know, you're not even supporting somebody who's smart and good at his job. Um, so you, that's the first thing. Like, we talk about the botched responses. We've touched on all of this. But the second thing is that we have shown ourselves as a collective culture to be very, very selfish. Like, I'm at the point where, like, when I wear a mask to go outside, people are looking at me crazy, you know what I mean? Because I'm still wearing a mask. And I'm like, have you, like, have, like, it's almost like everyone else is in on the joke and I'm not. And I'm like, have you niggas, like, not read the news? Like, this shit's still very much real. Like, we live in Hamilton County and it's like, the, we are the epicenter of Ohio right now. Like, this shit's very, very real. Right. And, but I think part of that is just we, the initial messaging of the masks were, don't wear it to save others. Don't wear it to save yourself. Right. It was like, Hey, if you, if you're sick and you have, and you wear the mask, your chances of giving it to somebody else is like basically nothing if you're sick. But we've shown that like nine times out of 10, Americans don't give a fuck about other people. We do not. It, and we proved that we proven that time and time again. And it's like, we've proven that time and time again, you know, we're not even going to get into the racist ass white women. I'm not going to call them Karens because Karens like trivialize it. These dangerous racist ass white women who for once in their life have been told that they have to do something that isn't necessarily aligned with their sensibilities and have lost their damn minds. Like white, women, white women have called black women Shaniqua. They have called, they have called Mexican women like, you know, Guadalupe or Maria. They have called Asian women Ling Ling for centuries. But they can't being called, it can't handle being called Karen for a fiscal quarter. You feel me? Like, it, it's, you know what? Something about calling a white woman a crack ass bitch just hit different. <laughs> that shit. And, and, that shit. And so, so and, and so we call that woman a crack ass bitch when you got to say it with like the, the tongues of a thousand ancestors, okay? Cracker ass bitch. And so, put a little spit on the end of it. It, it just hit. Be careful with the spit, though, because we're not, again, coronavirus anyway. Um, but it's like, we really politicized and, like, made this virus, like, a, a politics thing. And it's not, like, bam, this, if, and, like, there's, there's hella conspiracy theories, and some are more, vi- some are more viable than others, but I'm not going to use my platform to spread all of them, like, about, like, people think niggas are juicing the numbers or marking deaths COVID because they get more money, whatever. Like, there's hella conspiracy theories out here. I'll put it like this. Anytime that you find yourself agreeing with the Hoteps or Trump supporters, you're probably wrong. And if you believe in those conspiracy theories, you're agreeing with Hoteps and Trump supporters. Are you sure? That's actually how I feel. Like, are you you sure? Are you sure that's the side you want to be? Like, honestly, sometimes I don't know I'm wrong or do I see who's, who's agreeing with me. And if I see certain type of people you know agreeing with me, I'm like, mm, maybe I'm wrong. Because, like, I know you wrong on a lot of shit. And if you agree with me, I don't know. Maybe I need to reevaluate my position. That's exactly how I feel when there's too many men in my mentions agreeing with me. Like, girl, I might have said something stupid. When there's too many cis heterosexual black men agreeing with me in my mentions, I done said something fucking dumb. Let me go ahead and delete that, baby. Go ahead and log out for me, baby. <laughs> we were, we, were, we were doing so well. So well. And I'm going to get, we going to talk. We going to talk. We gonna, we, when this August, I'll see this situation comes up in the back. Well, we going to talk. Um, 
But anyway, so it's like it's frustrating because it's felt like we've done we've done nothing with the with the three months we were supposed to buy time for by forcing everyone to stay in the house. It's like look, it's like honestly, it feels like your mom leaves in the morning, tells you take take that chicken out the freezer and and and, and, and thaw it out for me so I can come home and make dinner. And she leaves, and we just play video games the rest of the time. And then, like, we hear our mom pulling up, and we stop and taking the chicken out of the freezer. That's what it feels like to me. It's like, fam, what the fuck did you do with this time frame that we were supposed to be given to stay your ass in the house? Because I understand, look, I understand, like, three months, when you stay in the house for the most part for three months, and then you told you got to stay in the house another extra three months because niggas ain't get their shit together, it's frustrating. I know. I'm frustrated right now. Because it's like, fam, if all, if, if, if we were just going to end up here, nigga, I could have just did whatever the fuck I wanted to do if we were just going to end up here anyway, if I was trying to make a difference. But, again, this is why I hate group projects. I hate because I could do everything right, and then if the other niggas in the group fuck up, I still get a pass. And America is just failing this group project known as, like, flattening the curve for this virus. Like, we haven't flattened shit. This is actually now, this, this peak that we're hitting is actually worse than the peak we originally got. And it's like, it's, it's, I'm frustrated. And, I, and, and I, as a podcaster, I'm not supposed to be able to use my words in a, an eloquent way to describe that, but I can't because I'm just like, nigga, come on, man. Like, like we really are going to lose a calendar year of our life because of this shit. And like, this is, this is more than just the deaths and the, the only thing we slowed down is the economy. You feel me? And that's like, yeah, we we did just enough to just fuck up the economy. It, it was like this is not just about the stock prices and and the job losses and the economy and the deaths. This is also about like, like I feel I feel bad for like the class of twenty twenty. Like you worked your entire academic career to to walk across that high school or collegiate stage, and like hear your name called and have your people. In, in, in the stands, cheering you on. That shit's gone. I, I, this, or the people who have had to move their wedding or postpone their wedding or redo their wedding because, I mean, you can't have all your loved ones there, you know, during the pandemic. That does make me feel... Or, that absolutely does make me feel... Or the, or the people who have had loved ones pass during this time frame, and you can't even have a proper funeral. Like, you have, you have, to, you have to live stream your funeral over Zoom and only have like three or four people in the actual funeral home to 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 get latest person to rest, and like those type of stories fuck with me because then on the flip side you have people who don't give a fuck and are out here just like throwing like living their best lives, kicking it all across town, all across. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, come on, man! Like, it's just like that dichotomy of like. You have people who suffer very, very real losses for, to their job, to their livelihood, to their finances, to their loved ones. And you have people on the other side just like, fuck it, we up. And it's just like, it, 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 it pisses me off, to be quite honest. It pisses me off so much. I'll be honest with you, right? For me, like, I, I barked it. And so, yeah, a lot of my money, like, uh, that was one of the bags that was really stopped for me. Once, you know what I'm saying, COVID hit, like I barge in, I, I serve. So although I'm happy to be like back working on that side because the money's quick and I need it, a lot of the parts of me were like, bro, you niggas are really outside, but I need you niggas to be outside in order for me to make money. So it's really like, it's, it's a very sick dichotomy. 
Like, I want y'all to be safe. And yes, I want everybody to go back to what's quote unquote normal for them or find some semblance of normalcy. But it is extremely disappointing to know that I got furloughed because of this virus and it's for nothing to make no progress. Like, in my head, I rationalize a lot of it with like the state, like my personal shit, that the personal effects of this virus, I rationalize with the real, like, in the very unselfish way. Like, I'm not the only person that's been affected, A. And B, like, you know, we're going to come out of this on the other side. And I said that dumb ass shit like I didn't live in America. It was like, we, it's like so, there is no like, other side right now. Like, honestly. And, there is no other side. There's no end of the tunnel. There's no light at and, the end of the tunnel. And, 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 and that's the part of this that pisses me off. It's like, and, and, and then we talk about a vaccine, right? When we talk about, first of all, a vaccine, if, if they make this vaccine within the next, if they make this within 12 to 18 months of when this first became widespread, it will be the fastest vaccine ever made. Usually vaccines take years because not only do you have to come up with something, but you have to, there's so many clinical trials and tests that you have to go through to make sure that it's, it won't, the side effects aren't as worse than the vaccine than, than the virus you're trying to vaccinate. So they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to like speed everything up. They're trying to like do a couple of the steps simultaneously, which is which is which is somewhat dangerous. Cause because you, you ideally if for everyone who does who has done experiments and for everyone who has done um you know, kind of like control experiments. Ideally, you have like a control group. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so basically step one is that basically you give people the virus to see if they don't, to make sure they don't get sick. So step one is like, I'm going to give you this to make sure you don't get worse. And then I got to watch you for two to three months. Or, or, right. or, or actually step one is like, I give people who don't have a virus this vaccine. And then I got to watch you for two to three months to make sure you don't get it. That's step one. Step two is like, okay, I'm going to give you this vaccine and you have it. Now I got to make sure you don't get sick. And then step three is kind of like, right. we got to scale everything up. So it's like all of those things take time. So the 18 month, 12 to 18 month period that we are trying to work in is accelerated to begin with. And we have, and the science community is working together on this. It's kind of like one huge, like we're going to try to, whoever can get it first. It's like a race type of thing. But also I, heard, I hear people talking about herd immunity. Like maybe if just enough people get sick, we can just you know get a herd immunity like we do with the chickenpox, or you know, herd immunity is when seventy to ninety percent of the population has the antibodies for whatever virus. So that means seventy to ninety percent of the population have to be either infected or have a vaccine for it. We are at eight to ten percent, so we're nowhere close. To, to having enough people for it to be considered a herd immunity situation. And so, yes, we, it's like we have to learn to live with it. And, 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 and so, like, a lot of things that we are used to, like concerts, sporting events, all of this shit is going to look very different for the, the foreseeable future. And that's depressing to me. And it's depressing to me when... We hit 40 million people at one time were unemployed and have and there's millions upon millions of people who have been out of work since March 
And the only thing that our government has done is given them one $1,200 check and said, figure it out. And listen, our government said, make it enough. And, 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 and if you and if the goal is to get people to stay home, the, the easiest way to get people to stay home is if they don't have to go out to work to get their money and they don't have to figure out a way to pay for the home that you want them to stay in. Like evictions, I mean, rent was due today. And for a lot of people, that's it. I ain't got it. And it's really, and because we haven't passed a strong enough legislator, you know, to kind of stop evictions all across the country, it's really up to individual states and individual landlords if they want to extend grace and mercy to, you know what I'm saying, like to their tenants. And all, and all of this is going on. The billionaires of the country have made $544 billion, excuse me, during this whole thing. So the rich continue to get rich. The poor continue to get poor. It's, just, it's, it's a big ball of bullshit. And honestly, some days I just kind of get overwhelmed by it. Like I just get sucked into all the negativity that's going around right now. And it, and, and it, it, it fucks with me. Like I'm at a pure vulnerable moment. Like it fucks with me a lot. Just kind of like this new normal's ass. And like, I don't know how else to say this. I'm grateful for the life I do have. I'm grateful that I'm still alive and, you know, everything of that nature. But it's still shitty. And like, I don't know how any, I don't know. Oh, yeah, this shit sucks. I don't know any other uh, way to kind of frame that. So, yeah. All right. Well, friend, get into my week a little bit. Um, so Monday morning, I actually flew out to D.C. Because your, your girl needed to get up through. Your girl needed a break. I was shoot this. I'm tired. Options are few. I am furloughed and a little bit too much time on my hands. So I decided to use it productively. I actually flew out to come see our um, a good friend of the show. Actually, his name is Brandon. His birthday was on Tuesday. We're recording on Wednesday. So, you know, on Wax, Brandon, happy belated birthday. We appreciate you and your, your consistent support of the show and, uh, you know, and of our friendship. So. Um, so I'm actually in recording from DC. I come home tomorrow, um, tomorrow evening. And I will say this: DC is a beautiful city. It is fried, but it's a beautiful city. And so like, I've been on, on just a little errands and things. Cause we spent the majority, like we left the house for the first time yesterday to, um, um, like actually stepped out to go eat. We ate at, um, founding farmers, um, right down the street from the white house. Actually, really, really nice restaurant. I recommend. It's like a scratch kitchen sort of deal. Um, even their alcohol, like, is homemade. Like, it's made in-house. So, everything was fire. You know, your girl had to be bougie one time. She bought a bottle of wine. You know? Just enjoy it. Like, I'm, I'm really wine by the wine. Today. Wine by the glass, your man, a cheapskate, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a Drake line for everything. There's a Drake line for everything. And I always, you know what? Whenever I get to treat the men in my life like bad bitches, I take that responsibility seriously. Like, the men in my life, when I get, like, because I prefer, I hate birthday dinner. I hate it. You want to do a birthday dinner? Do not invite me. I'd rather take you to dinner one-on-one, and we can go talk some real shit. And to be honest with you, I will trick off more when it's just you and I than I'll ever will in a group. I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I believe in individualized attention. Like, I'm not doing a birthday dinner. I'm not. And I, I prefer not to attend them. I'm, my feelings aren't even hurt at this point when people don't invite me. Like, I'd rather, like, take you to dinner or cash up you for your dinner that you're going to have tonight. Like, I just, 
hard pass for me. So, the, you know what I mean? So, of course, Brandon, being a good friend, I enjoyed, like, I told him, I was like, dinner's on me. Give what you want. You know what I mean? Okay, so, y'all know on this here podcast, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, um, yeah, like, dating as a woman is fun. I was not specific about why it's fun. Okay? It's because as women, we typically don't pick up the tab on the majority of dates that we be on. My date yesterday was easily $200. Easily. Not a problem. Like, we handled it, but it was easily $200. So when I see the $200 debate on the timeline, I'm like... You understand a little bit now. Stop dating. <laughs> you understand a little bit. I get it. Like, to push it into perspective, I absolutely get it. Because imagine you as a man doing that four times a week. Bro, like... <laughs> listen, like, honestly... I'm, like, listen. Now, I completely understand why you niggas be like, you just want to come over and chill. <laughs> like, I get it. Listen, honestly, 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 and truly, honestly and truly, like, um, I mean, before, you know, Corona kind of shut everything down to the point where, like, nigga, for the most part, all we got is, like, you want to grab some food and come over? Um, like, when I, when I was, like, actively, actively dating and going on dates multiple times a week, like, it, it became a, it became a line item in the budget, you feel me? And it was like, look, it's like, under entertainment and expenses. I'm talking about like literally my um mint app had like entertainment and food and like all that shit. Like I was like, nigga, this is a monthly expense because a cheap like a good day doesn't have to be a cheap day, right? I mean good a good a good date can be a cheap day. Um it can be. Yes, a good day absolutely can be cheap. It absolutely can the, I think here's the thing. The problem is there's a difference the problem with the nigga doing the cheap ass shit. But here's no, the the as as a nigga. So let me let me speak again because you talked about it more, more times than I. If I have, if I if I'm on a date, even if I didn't ask, I'm gonna end up picking up the shit. Um. So let me. So the key is it can be inexpensive. It just can't look cheap. So it's like for me, a lot of a lot of research and a lot of recon went into beforehand, like you know, some, some white internet stalking. Okay. What does she usually go for? Like what type of shit is she into? Um, looking into, you know, different events in the city that may be free or cheap, but that's fun. Like, it's like, Oh shit. Like you want like a paint and sip or, Oh shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, some, some free event at the art museum or whatever, just anything that like is an event that's not super expensive. And that's not just like, a movie, something that you can talk with your partner um, during the date. Because I hate dinner and movie first dates. I think dinner and movie first dates are absolutely trash. And the reason I think they're trash is because on a first date, why would you do something that you have to spend two hours not talking to the person you're getting to know? Like, first dates are get-to-know-you type dates. Um, like, I need to know... Are we gonna do this again? I need to know for some shit that's like super deal breaker for me. Like it's not, and it's not like an interrogation. But if the conversation is good, you find out through conversation. And if the conversation is not good, you have your you have your hand. Um, and so I don't right. I don't like dinner. I don't like dinner and movie dates as first dates. Um, so you try to do something fun. I don't mind them. I don't mind them. It's more or less like, especially it depends. Like 
I have the pleasure of typically dating men that I already know. Like we have um, a friendship or kinship or something. There's something to this. You know what I'm saying? And then we decided to date each other. So we can, we have something to like dinner and a movie isn't, you know what I'm saying? That's typically not my first date because I typically date men I already know. But when I'm dating somebody that like I just met, we just exchanged numbers and like they're trying to, excuse me, they're trying to get to know me. Um, a dinner movie is a perfect icebreaker, especially because we can go to, we can go to the movies and then we can spend the dinner date talking about the movie and then using that as a tool to get to know each other. It's an icebreaker. So it doesn't like, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to suck. You niggas just don't know. Niggas don't know how to hold conversation. You're not talking to me when you're talking about this. So I'm not even going to reply to that bullshit. Thank you. Um, but the reason why, but anyway, my point was. I, as far as I'm concerned, I want to know if we have good, a good conversation without a crutch. You feel me? Like, if I need a crutch on date one, um, it's not a good sign. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, the movie date can be maybe the second or third date after we kind of found out, you know, some shit. And I'm also huge on, I'm huge on, like, some text conversation beforehand. Um, just because you just kind of want to get certain shit, yeah. you want to get certain shit off the way, and so like, and so all of the shit. So again, it's it's, it's about research. So it, honestly, as a nigga who who has been broke before, I, as a nigga who has been left because he has been broke before, like you just kind of it's, it's research. If you don't want to do the research, you have to make up for that in money. And so me being the nigga right. that I am, I will do the research. All right, look, here's some dope shit that's going on in the city that night. You know what I'm saying? That 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 will be that's inexpensive. Hmm. She's going she's going to want food after this. Okay, what's a dope little spot that maybe not everybody knows about? That so so it's not the prices don't match the height. Or what's what what has a good what has a, like a sneaky special? You feel me? Like oh like oh on right because you know for specials offer after offer after week offer out any city that any metropolitan city that you live in. There's websites that you can go and, you know what I'm saying, like, literally look up, like, okay, this is Tuesday. Okay, here are the specials for Tuesday. I'm, and I'm talking to someone talking to someone who used to live in Milltown, Ohio, so, nigga, like, Applebee's was fine dining. I'm, going, I'm coming from that cough. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's ways you can, you can do that. And so then, you, then that's why I'm kind of on that. But, yes. In 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 a in a in a, in a D.C. Chicago New York we in any of those cities, nigga dates can easily equal up to two hundred on on the off the dribble, and if you on a humble and if right. and if you're someone who's actively dating as a man because you know you're you're single you're not necessarily you're trying to you know figure out commitment yeah that shit can rack up very quickly so yeah as a man who so, it's not the one two it's not the one two hundred dollar date it's the like the three that people expect you to go on within the span of seven days. Oh, no. No, I ain't doing all that. I got one really fancy dinner date in me maybe a month that I'll pay for. This was it. This was it. This is the quota. I ain't got this to do. Especially because I am. Like, I, okay. There are parts of the patriarchy we are supposed to absolutely getting rid of. Like, throw away the entire patriarchy. Let it all go. Absolutely. The part that I'm going to miss is the part that, like, means niggas have to pay for the majority of shit. That, I'm going to miss that a lot. I mean, it's got to go, but I'm going to miss it. It's got At go. least you know. I didn't say I was gonna be happy about it. I didn't. Yeah, say that like it wasn't the, the, hurt. the issue that we run into as a society is when both men and women want to pick and choose the parts they want to keep. 
Like you want to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like there's a plenty of women out here who will, who want to keep, you know, that part of the patriarchy. Like my nigga got to make more money than me. My nigga got to pay for everything. And then we'll want to get rid of like, oh, if that's the case, you got to do all the housework. You got to like have shit cooked and cleaned when I come home. If I'm making all the money. Mm-hmm. We can't mismatch of shit in the same way and same applies. Like you want, you know what I'm saying? You want your shorty to kind of be seen and not heard, but you're not willing to kind of work two, you know what I'm saying, two jobs to make sure she ain't got to wait for shit. You feel me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you want a 1950 wife, but you're trying to be a 2020 nigga and vice versa. Like, that shit don't work. And and so that's why I generally mind my business when it comes to relationships. And that's going to transition into yo homegirl, Jada Pinkett Smith, is wilding out here. Okay, wait. We'll get back. We'll we'll touch on Jada. I'm gonna finish my week out. But um, so today I did something. Okay, wait. The food in DC has been ex- excellent. I know the one thing when I came out here, I wanted seafood because I'm too close to the water, and you can't get really good seafood in Ohio without it being like a, a wildly expensive. Okay, so I'm like, shit. I'm in the DMV. Listen, Shout stay stay Ohio. away from anything have- that says market price, my niggas. Stay in. <laughs> if that shit says market price, you do not want it. Trust me. You can. It's just you can. You absolutely can't afford it, my nigga. Because I'm gonna order it. So you better you better figure it the fuck out. Anyway, she ordered market. And nigga, let me, she, moving ordered, on. she ordered market price. She belongs to the market, my nigga. She belongs to the streets. That's crazy that you took me to a restaurant and couldn't afford everything on the menu. Listen, that's wild. Oh, a nigga like me gonna do the refresh before I take you to the restaurant. So like, it, it's no issue with me. But I just know, listen, I have, listen, that's, listen, for me, back in my, back in, back in my, my prime, right? Like, it's, I used to, I used to have a, I used to have a plan, a, a plate, a, a plate, B, a plate. I was like, look. Calvin, I'm a, my God. Listen, because I'm, a, I know I'm gonna pay for the day. I'm so glad Beloved is in your life. I know. I'm, I'm so I'm, glad Beloved like, is in I, your like life. I'm, and has given you some sense. Listen, no, you break it down. So I know I'm gonna pay for it. Like, I've already checked my account. I know I got, I know I got money for a day however i'm not because i'm not the type of nigga who's going to tell you what to order i'm just going to i'm just going to order based off what you order so if you order something if you order like for example the market plate the market fish you know what i'm saying the shit that i don't even know what the price is until like i get the bill cool you can have that i'm just going to read just what i order because that way the burden is on me and not on you that way you can still enjoy okay. whatever you choose to want however you choose to want you know want it. i will adjust what i'm getting to kind of counteract and counterbalance. It's not me being cheap. It's me like, look, you know what? I have a certain level I'm comfortable with. Shorty wants to order that. That's cool. I'm just going to order something I know is a little cheaper to counter counterbalance it. That way, she can still have the experience she wants. And I'm not like, I, and I'm not doing the oh that, that face that niggas make when it's like ooh, that's just I mean. So I just have a, again plan A, plan B, plan C. I compare. Shorty wants to order market price. Cool, order market price. I'm just going to order something cheaper because. To counteract that, it is what it is. That's not me being. That's not. I mean, I. That's me being financially. It makes sense. That's me being financially smart. That's not me being like, oh, uh, because a cheap nigga be like, oh, you can't order that. No, order what you want, baby. I'm gonna adjust my expectations from this meal because of that. I'm gonna order something that I know is a little cheaper than maybe what my normal plate and price range would be in order to make that. I ain't gonna embarrass you by ordering ordering an appetizer because like niggas will peep that. But I'll just order maybe a cheaper entree. It's cool. 
Maybe instead of no, no, no. I like a good. I uh, listen. I ordered an. Listen, we all know how finicky my appetite is. Okay, this has been the first week that I've been able to eat a full meal, and God knows how long. So I listen. Excuse me. I completely understand. I ordered an appetizer and still ate the majority of my meal. So appetizers to me just be like, bro, this thing is actually hungry. Like, let's eat. But I'm also not the kind of woman that you take out to dinner and expect to order a salad. Like, that's that's not who I am. I'm going to fucking eat. Like, I can't. Like, there are other things I'm going to be persnickety and snooty about. The way I eat is not it. it it's just not. It's not it. But, um, you know what? You ready to talk about Jada? Because yeah, yeah. Let's 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 dive right. All right, in. So, let's dive right in. So, in a recent interview with your favorite Angela Yee, um, your favorite nigga. I don't like her. Fuck her. You nigga. That's uh, yeah, you, no. nigga. Black black women. That's your little friend. No, nigga. That's your best friend right there. You know, black people always. That's your black friend. people love introducing somebody. They go your best friend, and it's not your best friend at all. Like. <laughs> it's the, actually the bitch that you ready to fucking kill. But the only thing black people won't introduce as your best friend is your actual best friend. Like, everything, oh, make up, make up, absolutely, make up your little bestie, bitch. I hate her. I, I low key like. I hate that bitch. <laughs> Anyways, and I should whoop your ass and point her out. But, that, anyway, so your little friend was on her little platform with August Alcazar- doing her little interview, <laughs> right? All the shit. So Angela, Angela Yee was interviewing August Alcina. August Alcina um has. Recently released a new album. Um, it's pretty good from what I've listened to it. Twenty-seven songs does a lot to kind of shift through. Um, and August Alcina in was kind of like parts of the interview. He was kind of opening up about his alleged, he had to say alleged relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, so for those who don't know, August has um been through a lot. Honestly, um, he's lost his brother and his sister. And so because of that, he has become pretty much the, 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 the parental guardian to four young girls. Um, he has battled. And they are beautiful. He has battled an autoimmune disease called uh, Gill's Bar, if I'm saying that correctly. So autoimmune disease that attacks his body from inside. He, um, he has, he has he's like lost sight. He has like lost some vision in his left eye. I don't know if he's like fully blind in one eye or not, but like he has attacked his sight. And also, he's been open about his struggles with drug addiction. Um, we we remember we remember him like you know passing you know passing out and falling off the stage at one of the shows in New York City. So like so I say that to say he has been through a lot. And like mind you, August is probably he's not that old. Like August is around our age. Um, Them drugs be whooping y'all asses visibly, whooping y'all asses on camera. I ain't speaking specifically about August right now. But I've seen some of y'all favorite rappers, favorite rappers gone off them part. I mean, eyes dilated so big they look like quarters. Like y'all gotta relax. Stop, y'all stop gotta victim relax. blaming. Stop victim blaming. They are addicts. Anyway, so suffice to say, August, okay. August has been through a lot. And he's talked in a previous Red Table Talk with Jada Pick Smith, like how Jada kind of almost adopted him as quote unquote a son. And even Jada was like, Kind of like we brought you in, kind of like a son figure, this, that, and the third. So we, then we go into mm-hmm. the interview with um, uh, Alex's bestie, and we talk. And, Girl, fuck you. And, we talk, <laughs> and, we, and, and, and and he opens up about kind of his alleged sexual relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, t- t- you know, mm-hmm. saying that like Will gave his blessing, and saying that um, that like Jada. Honestly, to keep it long story short, but Jada had him like in love, madly in love. Like he that he he said he could die 
right now and be okay because he knew he's he giving his all to somebody. Just like we're talking like crazy in love, dangerously in love, like Beyonce in 2003. And and so then Jada and Will both both um you know made statements or denied the fact that they had a, a quote unquote affair with August. Um, but now we get into, so that's the, that's the facts. Now we're going to get into what actually happened, right? That's, that's the statements. Okay. Will and Jada have, they, their, their open marriage has been like a, has like a, been like a, a poorly kept secret for like the past five years or so. Um, people know that Will and Jada, like, they even said that like they, they transitioned from a marriage into a, like a life partnership. Um, but <laughs> ma'am, we're trying whatever that fucking means. Dress, dress it up and make it real for me. Dress it up and make it real. whatever that fucking means. Dress it up and make it real for me. Um, but yeah, so basically, <laughs> they they they've said it without saying it. Their their partnership is is poly. It's polyamorous. Um, you know, and so I truly believe that like it can't be an affair if everybody agrees to it. That's why they're saying, oh no, I never had an affair. Affair means someone didn't agree to it. I truly believe that 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 <sighs> Jada Pika Smith put apparently some Hall of Fame type pussy on this man August Alcina. Um Yawns. I, listen, the way he was talking about her was the same way you were talking about Ooz and Oz before we recorded. It was um like like he had seen colors. Ooh and all. <laughs> like he had seen he had saw things he imagined. He he was talking like <laughs> that nigga saw pussy. He imagined <laughs> that nigga was that nigga was that nigga was talking like he was a whole Solange album. Also, this is, <laughs> nigga, also Solange. this nigga had an ombre twist out. You can't trust <laughs> niggas with ombre twist outs. Like this. First of all, I fuck with the ombre twist out. This okay, man, this man had the Keisha Cole hair. Definitely giving me Khalif. But no, this man had the Keisha Cole hair from I Should Have Cheated video. Like, like let's be honest with ourselves. No. That nigga was serving us his best 2003 police, okay? Like, give that nigga his fucking things. I, listen, anytime somebody sits down with an eight-week-old twist out and his ombre colored, he was going through it, okay? There is a pot of gold in, the, in between that woman's drawers, okay? And honestly, you know I, don't Ms. Jada, want, I don't want Ms. No, Mama, I don't want no pussy that good. If, 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 I, don't, I want pussy that good. No. Okay? That's like heroin. Like, I'm pretty sure the high for heroin is amazing, but keep that shit far the fuck away from me. Absolutely not. Like that's a, like that's like. Oh, crack. I absolutely want pussy that that's good. Crack. I, I don't know. No doubt about it. Want pussy that great? Of course I you do because you want to. You want to torment niggas. But I don't want to experience no pussy that will happy acting no, no, like no. that. I would love for a young lady, if a young lady, a consenting adult young woman, would like to put her pot of gold pussy on me. I will not complain. I won't. I will not complain. All right, then when you not at all. and then when you look like Mel off a of snowfall, don't say shit. <laughs> Mail off a snowfall. <laughs> Don't say shit. Don't say a damn thing. But you know what? August Alcina. Do y'all remember when August Alcina? Some girl tried to hit him with a lawsuit, saying that like she wrecked, like August Alcina wrecked her cervix, and then like a picture of him in his boxers got leaked. I want it. I want it. Why are you this? I want. Why, it. I want it all. Why are you this horny? I want it all. Why are you this horny? Why? Bro, because 
actually I'm not, and we'll get into that a little later, but that puts y'all a lot of y'all in my business. And I'm not trying to do all that. But um <laughs> anywho, ain't nobody hopping on no planes for hugs, nigga. Mm. Um, Anyways, um, before you get yourself jammed up even more on here, this podcast, and I can't save you. Quite all right. Um, it's quite all right. My, my, so, so anywho, my, here's my frustration with this. Here's my problem. Yeah, what's your problem? Because I have a problem too. Here's my problem. Okay, there's a couple different multifaceted ways that might like issues that I have with this. Right, I have an issue with the fact that people said that August Alcina should have sat there and ate his food. <laughs> I have a huge problem with it because Jada Pickett has. An entire the Smiths. I'm just gonna say the Smiths, right? The Smiths have a platform, the Red Table Talk platform. When it first began, not this whole media PR stunt move shit. It is now. When it first began, Red Table Talk was really just a great place for celebrities to come and talk about their truths and and their experiences and how they'd helped them and shaped them into the people and the actresses and entertainers that we had before. That's what Red Table Talk was, and it looked like with all. All bias aside, because we know how I feel about Angela Yee. She's a glorified paperweight. But, like, what... Angela Yee gave, set, gave the him setup, the space to be able to speak his truth. To do that, right. Right. Angela Yee gave him the space to speak his truth in the same kind of platform setting that Red Table Talk was originally set up to be. So we can't criticize August Alcina for speaking his truth just because it wasn't at Will and Jada's table. Like, we have to keep that same energy. And honestly, that table is Jada's. To. We'll just make appearances. That table is hers and hers alone. It's her, her mother, and Willow's old omnipresent ass. It's them. Right. So then there's that. And that's literally all I'm saying. The second part of this is how in the fuck, and speaking as a mom, right, maternally, how do you say somebody's like a son for you and then turn around, turn around and sexualize them? allegedly sexualize them. I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that because it comes across manipulative. Now, if this was Will, right, talking about how he had a relationship with, give me one of these young girls, a Normani, right? Yeah. Normani, right? And talked about how he was a father figure. No. Yeah, talked about how he was a father figure to Nor- Normani, right? Normani. How did you say that with her it's name? Normani. You are really turning into a whole auntie Normani. before I ask. <laughs> do the little dance you did for, do your little so- dance you did for your uncle. Um, but you get my point. Yeah. If Will would have done that to Normani, oh, listen, we would be having, we would be calling for that nigga's head. There, there would be no joke. Be- we were talking about how she was groomed. We would be having conversations about sexual coercion. We have a problem with Jada Pickett being the bad guy. And so because we have a problem with that, we're not, hold, we're not holding can I tell accountable you, can for I tell the you, shit Can I tell you what I think? And you're, and you're almost there. Like, we, we, disagree less than, we disagree less than I thought. But the issue is we don't, a lot of people don't have issues with Jada Pinkett Smith being the villain. They have an issue with men being the victim. And, and so we look, at, huh. we look at August Alcina and, like, again, August Alcina has been through a lot. He has been mentally and physically vulnerable for a while. And so, allegedly, you take a man at his like, lowest point, and then you turn around and sexualize him. And not only do you sexualize him, you have sex with him continue, like, repeatedly. You have some sort of relationship right. to the point where it, it feels like that, that freestyle he did, but none of your freestyle is about Jada. Um, that's, that was another rumor that was on um the internet but 
And you do that, and then you see that this man is falling in love with you, and you know that you're not going to commit to him because at this point, Will and Jada's Will and Jada's partnership, life partnership, marriage, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's more business than it is personal. At it's this cheap, point, it's cheaper to keep him. It's cheaper to keep her, like that type of shit. So you know that you're not going to leave Will. Allegedly, this is all alleged. I don't don't come sue me. Bro, you literally, you literally just said, and this is the part. This Jada has been in love with Tupac for twenty some years. Okay, literally in love with him. Has talked about how, like, I have no doubt that if Tupac was still alive, that would be her name. I feel but like also, Will Smith looks good on paper. But also, even even still, also, Tup- we don't know these niggas. But also, even even Jada, even Jada niggas. said Jada said that like Tupac didn't 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 want to wife her because she was a hoe. Like Jada has said that she was out here. Jada said that Will has saved her life, that she was out here fucking and doing drugs and doing all this shit before Will came into her life. That's Jada's words. I'm not slut shaming. That's her words. So, so y'all saying that it's gonna take a nigga to come into my life and tell me to sit down before I actually sit down? Is that what y'all telling me? Because that's how I took it. You took it that way because you wanted to be offended. I'm saying that I'm saying that in any. Oh, I'm not offended. <laughs> I'm saying that. But this is not the first time that I've heard that. I'm saying that. No person can change you, but a person can come into your life that makes you want to change. Does that make sense? Like, you know what? I'm gonna do right by this nigga. I don't know. I'll accept that. That makes I don't sense. know what that. that I don't sense. know what that nigga looks like in your life, but who knows? That's gonna have to be a hell of a nigga attached to an incredible dick. Because I, I'm having a ball right now. Anyways, can't even back hold to you. the point. Back to having. So the, there's the, the other part about this, right? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't yeah, finished. And I wasn't, you are, yeah, I wasn't finished. So sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Frank. It's not an issue with people wanting Jada Pinkett Smith to be the villain. People have like kind of thrown their shots at Jada, you know, before this. It's an issue we we don't accept men as victims, um, because of patriarchy, because of just like for a lot of people, their identity is based off every man being the villain. Like that's how they're able to rationalize what they say, how they, what they do, how they do it. All of that is like all men are the villains. All men are the perpetrators. So when you have a man who has been clearly vulnerable and who's clearly had a rough life, a rough upbringing, fame aside, and then you see that this woman who is 20 something years his senior comes in and takes him out. And now he's talking about like how he was in love with her and she knew that he was in love with her, but he's, she wasn't going to stop being with Will, but she continued to fuck that nigga. That's, that's the, the exact playbook we criticize men for all the time. Of like, you knew that you didn't want a relationship, but you still wanted the pussy, so you just told her whatever so you can keep getting the pussy. We've talk, we talked about grooming all the time. Even with R. Kelly's adult victims, we talked about like you groomed them from a young age. This, that, and third. I'm not saying that like it's R. Kelly level, but like it's, there's clear grooming that's being done here. There's clear manipulation that's being done here. But because in a lot of people's brains, in a lot of people's minds, they can't accept men being a victim in anything because it goes against the ideology that they have set them for themselves. That all men are perpetrators and, and, and villains, so that's why they do what they do. It's not an issue with Jada being... Because if this was Will doing this to August, the conversation would be different. It's not an issue of we don't want Jada Pinkett Smith to be the, the villain. It's like, we don't accept men as victims. We don't, look at, we don't look at men, especially black men, in any sort of sympathetic light when it comes to sort of so, these things. The other part of that, Calvin, and I completely agree with you. We don't have, we 
have a hard time accepting men as victims, which means that the advocacy for men, male victims is none because we don't see them. Well, how can this man, this natural, we perceive, we perceive men as being natural aggressors, which actually gives us, has given us pass for a lot of the behaviors that we've had and exhibiting against men. The other part about this, which is harder to paint August Alcina as a victim, right? Because he doesn't even feel like a victim. He didn't say that. In the way that he told, even in the way that he told his story, he himself would not accept that this may not have been consensual because of the relationship that Jada, because of the relationship that you have with Jada. You were vulnerable with this woman because she looked at you like one of her children, not of a sexual interest. So your relationship couldn't have been consensual. And that's the part of that part that we're not, that when it comes to consent in general, the conversation about consent in general, we don't talk about that the relationship that you have with this person plays into the ability for consent to or to not be given. And if you're telling me like anybody I've ever been a mentor to, I can't, they cannot consent to me. There's a power structure in some point of your, exactly, exactly. Because there's a power structure in play. I, I, there, anybody and any of my subordinates I've ever managed, we cannot be consensual with each other, even outside of the workplace, because I was your manager. Like that, it cannot work that way. That's not that it can, it literally cannot work. So it's not, August Alcina has not, come out and said that he feels victimized by any of Jada or the Smith's actions. So we're having a hard time seeing him as the victim because he has not accepted that for himself. So but also, that's another but part also, of the conversation that's even, for me. That's a little less black but and white. But that's also, I mean, we, it, we bring it back to how we view a man versus how we view a woman. Like, if a woman had the same thing, like, I don't feel like I'm, I was a victim. Like, I don't feel like, you know, I was done harm to or anything like that. We would still have a, more of a sympathetic eye because we can see what you just talked about easier in a woman. We can see, because um, there are, again, I, I hate bringing up R. Kelly's name, but there are, women, there are women who are involved with R. Kelly who did not regret anything that they, you know what I'm saying? Like, did not regret any of the things that they were done, that were done to them. They didn't, they didn't see themselves as victims. They saw themselves as girls. So, like, but we, so this, but so, we were able to see, so to my point, we were able to see that, like, no, shorty, like, we had sympathy. It was like, oh, damn, like, it's sad, but, like, she has Stockholm syndrome sound that she got brainwashed, but we don't see that necessarily the same way when it's a man. We just don't. I mean, we let's talk about it because when it, and you're not wrong, but when we talk about grooming, we only, we see this in very male when the male is the aggressor when it comes to grooming and aggressor is using aggressor because I can't think of another term, but when the male is the person who's the, out, the, the initiator, in order to, the, you know, whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? When, the, when it's the man, right? We don't know how long August Alcina and Jada Pinkett Smith have had, have been in, had a relationship. And I'm not just saying like relationship in any sense of the word, like how long they've known, or no, known each other and been affiliated. We don't know how long, how long ago this date. We know August Alcina is my age. We know Jada Pinkett Smith is the age of our parents. We know that there's a huge age difference. If August Alcina was doing this shit as a consenting adult, it changes the conversation of victimhood. It it changes it, like, it changes awesome. the conversation, but it doesn't invalidate the conversation, right? Because and that's my point. And so, and there's another part of it here um, about like polyamorous relationships and how people still don't understand necessarily a lot of that. And I don't know if we have enough time for it today, but it's more so it's like what because a lot of people are like you still want that will and Jada love. <laughs> I'm like, bam, they made that agreement together. 
And like, truth be told, if you don't think Will Smith has like evened up the score, and I hate to say it like that, but if you don't think Will Smith is like evened up the score at any point, you're 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 mistaken. You're 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 naive. But a lot of people again view view polyamory in this real binary term, right? And it's not. Like you can still have very much love for your partner and then have an agreement with your partner about the rules and regulations in a relationship. As someone who has been in a polyamorous situation, Alex, you understand that, right? Like it's like there's All right. it, it, the only thing Go ahead. Before we let I don't want to get too deep because we just honestly don't have time today. And I think I've talked about it a bunch of times before. But yeah. I was in a polyamorous marriage. The thing about it is all a relationship is, is an agreement about two, about a set of boundaries between two people. Okay. That's all a relationship is. Me and my husband defined the boundaries for him and I, and we made our shit work within these boundaries. If I felt at any point in time that there was disrespect or boundaries were being crossed, I, I, we put a, halt, a pause on everything so that we can have the conversation in order to get right back to center. I was, that's all that is. People are, you, when you stop viewing partners as possessions and start treating it like a partnership, stop viewing relationships like I possess you, then the flow and functionality of that love works very different. And you start seeing that person very, very different. You start seeing the relationship very, very different. I don't possess you. I made a commitment to you. I made promises to you. I made I, I told you that I would always uphold you and, and respect you in ways that look like love and honor and respect to you. You know what I mean? That's I'm committed to you and to us. That does not take away my ability to feel things for other people and be the option to explore that within boundaries and respect to my partner is all I've ever asked for. Including the fact that in my most recent dating life, I've dated men who are completely against it. That's not they shit. Alex, if that's what you want to do, this ain't us. That, this ain't it for me. I've also respected somebody's choice to not want to be polyamorous, but also want to be with me. All it is, is respecting the boundaries that you and your partner discuss explicitly. That's it. Y'all have a hard time. It's not about the polyamory or monogamy because monogamy has failed y'all more times than it's one, if we're being honest. But y'all know the definition of insanity. I'm not going, I'm not preaching today, okay? So the thing about it is that you, whatever it is that you and your partner decide to do, y'all have to be okay with it 100% of the time. And the range of them, and it takes a, a large range of emotion in order to even say, or large range and understanding of who you are in order to say, this is what I want. This is what I can handle and not project your insecurities because this shit is natural. The moment that an, a third party entered into my relationship, a lot of my insecurities got exposed. That's not a lie. Like, a lot of my insecurities were exposed because there were things, she had a fatter ass than me. You know what I'm saying? I'm a darker skinned woman. She was lighter skinned. I know that my husband enjoyed lighter skinned women for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think his desires in that were based in colorisms at all, to be honest. He married me. Like, there's not different conversation, different day, guys. Like, let's not, let's not do that. But you know what I'm saying? Like she was uh, further along in her school elastic career than I was. She didn't have any kids. So she had a lot more resources, a lot more money, a lot more free time. She had time to do whatever it is that this nigga wanted to do. And I didn't. So a lot of my insecurities got exposed. 
I'm this dark. I like, I'm, first of all, she's textbook your type. I am not. Um, she has free time and expendable resources. I'm running our household. I do not. You know what I mean? So a lot of that shit started to make me feel like maybe if I wasn't the kind of woman that I was, those insecurities could have eaten my shit alive. Instead, I was comfortable enough to sit down with my husband and say, hey, I enjoy our girlfriend, but these are the things about her that are making me feel a little insecure. And my husband could tell you the same. Like, if I had a male friend, not that in the, for me in my relationship, I did not have a boyfriend at the time. It wasn't, that wasn't something I was, I, we wanted, we decided not to entertain at that moment. Um, but if I had a male friend that my husband saw me flirt with, he would say something about it. Like, what is it about him that you've enjoyed that you enjoyed with him that you didn't necessarily see in me? And we've had those conversations because insecurities as people are real and relationships is even realer. And then you decide to entertain something, a non-traditional relationship and, you know, as polyamory, things like that get, they explode. They absolutely, everything gets exasperated. So it's just, it takes us a very, a lot, a lot, a lot of maturity, a lot of understanding communication and to be honest you have to trust the fuck out of your partner and i trusted him y'all don't y'all barely like the people listen listen y'all barely like the people that you live with i mean that you have monogamy just y'all can't a lot of y'all polyamory and it's also not a broke nigga sport let's let's go ahead and call it spade a spade you and polyamory is expensive relationships are expensive but polyamory that's two bitches that's two niggas that's two things that's two people I'll, and I was, and I'll say this, to... right? And I'll end it on, I'll end it on this note. A couple things. A lot of people who are just a staunchly against polyamory don't understand it because, like, truth be told, anytime that you talking to mo- multiple people, like, if, if that's that's just a polyamorous relationship with you not telling every party. When you when when I t- when when right. I tell you that I'm not your nigga, you not my bitch, like. You can do whatever you want when you're not with me. That's polyamory, but we just don't put it. We didn't put a title on the first year, so we can't put a title on the second. Because I know from, from from myself, I've had we call them situationships, right? Where it's like, look, I've had year long situations where I told where we we did not have a title, but you know, if I had a plus one, I knew who I was going to first. You know what I'm saying? Like that, we know what we know what words mean, mm-hmm. but we also know that like I'm the type of nigga. I don't ask what you do. I don't ask who you with when you're not with me. If you're not my, if you're not mine. If you're not, if you're not my part, if we don't put a title on it, don't ask. Secondly, this again goes for this again goes for the men mostly. Like a lot of times, we fantasize about having two girlfriends. You know, the, the Lou Will, the D Ray Davis, for whatever the case may be. But I want you to you niggas can't let, afford let that me, shit. See, I'm, let me. I'm trying to say things nicer than what you're about to say. So let me get it out first before you just go in there. Uh uh-uh. uh, shit. Let me get it out. Couple things. One. You have to you have to understand that in a true polyamorous situation, you cannot skimp on either party, and you especially cannot skimp on on the person that's been there longer. Like you got to make you got to make sure that everyone feels secure, and however security looks like to them, right? Whether it's whether it's financially or time, like you're going to be stretched thin because you're going think how think however stretched out you were stressed and stretched out you were at the at the height of your bachelor days where you got three different girls that you're dealing with this that and the third 
know what I'm saying? You got one date on Monday, you got one on Wednesday, you got one on Friday, however you wanted to play it. Think how stressed out you were at that time frame. And then magnify that by two. Because now you, now you have expectations on you to do these things. Secondly, trust me, it is very much easier for your girlfriend to find her a second nigga than for you to find a second girl. You don't know how many niggas have been in your girl's DMs waiting for the opportunity for you to fuck up. I don't look at DMs of the girls I'm involved with because I like peace and I like happiness. And I don't need to know how many niggas are waiting for me to fuck up so they can get with my chick. I don't need to know that. When you when you open up your relationship to outsiders, you I've seen it happen with other niggas I know who are in polyamorous situations. They thought they was gonna have two girls and be be the man, be Mister Bitches, and then it comes out your girl been wait your girl to found her a nigga who got more money than you, who who true trick off a little more than you do, and now, and you still here searching for your second girl. She got two niggas. If you not ready for that dynamic of like how you gonna feel if that's the scenario, then it may not be for you because true polyamory is not polygamy. Like, polyamory is when both parties have the option to go outside of a relationship, you know, based off of rules and regulations of that relationship. And if you, if you go feel some type of way, if she come here with another nigga, and you don't, but you expect her to be cool with another bitch, like, that's not how this is going to work. So I need you. You need to check your shit in. And, and, like, just, and, 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 and just be happy with the one if you're not going to be happy with her having to. That's what it is. If you don't want to share, just say that. If you don't want to share, just say that. So and you know what? That's that's all my that's all my. Friends. I told you you don't have to share. I, I you told have, you I was you I was going to I was going to say it nicer than you are. I just let let me get it out. I'm not a nice person. I never claim to be, and I do not give a fuck about you niggas and y'all fucking feelings. Never said I don't care. I've never cared. I've never cared. I'm not going to start either, just because y'all want me to dress it up and make it real for you. I'm not the I'm not the girlfriend for you if you constantly need that. Cause it's not, that's not who I am. As a matter of fact, I, I, what's crazy is I have boyfriends that didn't even think that I liked him. My husband did not think I liked him at all because of how often I needed that nigga out of my goddamn face. Well, Alex, maybe, maybe, like, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should like check on certain, on certain levels of your communication. If, if the people that you love and care for do not understand that you love and care for them. Huh? If you can, if you can, huh, you can hear motherfucker. Don't play me. Uh huh. I'll I'll reach through this phone and beat your ass. Keep playing with me. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But you know what? Prayers to August Alcina. Um, prayers for Jada too. I don't think Jada owes us a response. And honestly, um, and that was my last important point. They Hold have an, that was my last and final. Bad NDA. I know they do. They're just August is just testing and calling their bluff. Jada does not owe us the Smiths. Period. Do not owe us a response to August Alcina sharing his truth. She does not owe us that. And I want to be clear about why, because I don't want this, I don't want the lines to get blurred. August Alcina is not making any allegation. He's not stating anything but his truth. He's he honestly did nothing but compliment and applaud them and tell them and tell the world how much, excuse me, how much love he has for the Smiths and the Smith family. So he does not owe like there's nothing necessarily, there's nothing to respond to. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing to respond to. And I think that August telling his truth and then expecting a response from Jada is it's it's drama filled and that it's not 
the quote unquote loving relationship that he had. He didn't come. Everything is a rollout. You know what I mean? Everything is a rollout. Right. But to be honest with you, he already rolled out his shit. He had his documentary, which is the rollout for his album. He didn't need, and I, honestly, from what I'm hearing, his his project has been well received. So whatever this portion is, I think it's just him genuinely telling his story, not necessarily looking for extra publicity for his album. Will it hurt him? No, I doubt that. However, I don't think that this is publicity. I think that this is, you know what I'm saying, him telling his truth. We, they just don't like the platform of which he chose to do it, which is not our problem. It's not our problem. But I just, that was my last tidbit about it. I don't think Jada nor Will needs to give dignify this with a response. There's nothing to respond to. They didn't come for him. All right. Period. Sorry. I couldn't help it. All right. So, girl, I'm sick of your shit. Anyway, what, what we got next? Um, um, we were gonna, actually going to touch on this um, last week, but um, we ran out of time. So, real quick. Um, news car. Excuse me. NASCAR. Um, so NASCAR and its history, um, I am not a huge NASCAR is fan. This, is, is this Calvin apparently, This is Calvin explaining that, you know what, because you can also talk about the return of basketball. So we're going to go ahead and put his time stamps um, this on is, this, yeah, um, this is, for Calvin explaining the sport. If, if you need to fast forward, this is the time. All right. So boom. So first, this is the time. So, so first off, we have NASCAR. So NASCAR. NASCAR is the country music of sports. Does that make sense? <laughs> NASCAR is the country music of sports, Calvin. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, mostly white people do it. But it is. Mostly white people do it. White is hella popular with white people. Every time you see it, a black person in either modicum, you're like, how the hell you get here? Point, you know what I'm saying? Like, NASCAR is the country music of sports. So, base, and so, do you know Hootie and the Blowfish? You know Darius Rucker? Yes, I love Goody and the Blowfish. Bubba Actually, Wallace is the Darius Rucker of NASCAR. Oh. As, it, as okay. in, like, he's the only black person in that bitch that has any, like, success or any sort of, like, oh, shit, it's a black person. That's it. And even Bubba's, like, I think he's, like, mixed. He's, like, biracial. I feel like he's, like, a white. So he has a, somebody white in the same. I don't know which part, but somebody white. Anyway, so NASCAR... Um, again, country musical sports. And, and I mean that in every connotation that you can think of, as far as its history, as far as ideology, as far as it, who it, it, it praises and who it doesn't. So during the Black Lives Matter kind of protest and movement, NASCAR um, announced that it was banning the Confederate flag at all of the sporting events. So mind you, for most people, it's like, oh, okay, whatever, nigga, like, that's a, a performative act. Like, who was really bringing. Like, no one's going to bring a Confederate flag to a uh, Cincinnati Bengals game because, like, you'll get stomped out by the niggas who are in the stands. Like, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Period. But, again, NASCAR's country music of sports. So, uh, Confederate flags at NASCAR games was common because you're dealing with, like, 96% white audience. You feel me? So, when you say I'm banning right. the, the, the Confederate flag to NASCAR, that's the actual step. We talk about performative steps, but this is an actual, actual step, right? And again, Bubba Wallace is the black race car driver in, in the highest series. He's like the top, you know what I'm saying, top level series. So like pretty much if you're thinking of like Star Search is like the minor leagues and then like you get your album deal and then like, oh shit, like you mainstream now. So that's mainstream. So 
Bubba Wallace in the first race after everything kind of went down, he put Black Lives Matter on his race car. Um, and, you know, and kind of was like kind of a leader as far as like you know, speaking on things because NASCAR has been doing their sport, their sporting events without fans for the most part for the last two months. They just recently kind of brought fans back because, again, you're, you're able to really socially distance more in NASCAR than in other sports because you're in a fucking car, right? So they go to Talladega. So Talladega is in, I want to say, Alabama. So Talladega Motor Speedway is in Alabama. So like where racism was born, pretty much. So they, again, everything's heightened. And so they find a noose in the garage assigned to Wallace. So they have garages in every speedway, kind of, and they kind of assign garages based off of random whatever. They found a noose in that garage. You know, and it caused an uproar because, again, we know the implications of leaving a noose in your only black driver's garage, especially in today's climate where we have had seven to eight black people majority black men being lynched across the nation in the past two weeks right so it's very sensitive so so that happened on like a friday you know they issued a statement fbi issued a statement that's looking into it this and third the um the kind of entire community so the entire sport everybody who was doing the race with him on sunday kind of pushed bubba's car to the front you know what i mean kind of you know like showed solidarity Bubba almost won the race. He was leading with like a couple laps left, but ended up kind of finishing back in the pack. Made a very, you know, a, a statement. You know, it was kind of like really emotional. Like black people were back in the stands, root for NASCAR. They just found out about Bubba Wallace like ten minutes ago. And we was like, he black is a uh, is lit. So and then they so then they find the FBI says that the noose was like a garage core rope, a garage cord rope um, that was, but yep. there was only eight of them that were kind of made like that and everything else was made in a normal, normal way. But they said it was in the garage since 2019, since October. And mind you, you don't get an assignment on your garage until you arrive for the race weekend. So you arrive on that Monday. So right. they, say, he, they couldn't have, te- they couldn't have, you know, figured out that that was going to be his, you know what I mean? garage in time but nascar did kind of its own investigation and found that like mm, like eh, i don't know if like the noose was already there is like the best argument right like why the fuck do you have just nooses lying around and like and how do you know that's not the right size noose like what experience do you have with nooses so and plus again the fact that it's nascar also doesn't help this case here it's like look You've been catering to your racist white fan base for a while now because they're the people yes. who watch your races because niggas ain't watching NASCAR. So now that you've catered to them and now in this moment where you've chosen to, you know, say Black Lives Matter, you got to kind of alienate some of your fan base, bro. Like it is what it is because you've been catering to these races for a while. And it's and again, it's not it's not enough in this instance to just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist because your fan base is full of racists. Again, country music Absolutely. equals NASCAR. But you know what? But hear me out, Calvin. Hear me out. 
NASCAR has done more to show their solidarity with Black Lives Matter than with the one black ass player, I mean, black ass driver that they have than the entire NFL. And we can start talking about performative actions all we want to. Not today, though. You know what I mean? But here's the reasoning, right? It's easier to support one versus, you know what I'm saying? Like, versus the majority. You know, so it's like the dynamics different. So it's like with the NFL and with Kaepernick, you know, like it was it was harder to say go out and support him because you had so many other black players in the league where you so it, you can't really it, it just the dynamics a little different. I agree, full hundred percent that like the NFL is trying to make up for what it did now, what it should have did years ago, um, and it's you know a lot a little a lot late but like the dynamic is it's really in in, in a, a sports fan's opinion it's kind of, it's harder to compare that because it's not really the same like how country music supports Darius Rucker isn't the same as how hip-hop would support I don't know Public Enemy or like Chuck D or like Kendrick Lamar you know what I'm saying like because the dynamics of the individual m- mediums are different the support looks different. And so it's hard to compare the two because they're not really fighting on the same playing field. Does that make sense? Technical difficulties, friends. We apologize. Um, yeah. Somebody you know, get fired. <laughs> Can we fire ourselves? You, you know what? You've wanted to a couple times, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So basically, one of the main differences here between the NFL and, 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 and NASCAR and their response is the fact that um, it's, it's a lot easier to support one black athlete than it is to support a majority black league. I think that is one. And two, I think the climate is different. So you got to understand, like, when Black Lives Matter, the movement um, started in, you know, in, in Earth, most people were against it, right? Right. Like, you know, as far as, like, net popularity, most people were against it. Right. Only recently, we've seen, you know, kind of the, re- the response to that. Has it become a net positive? Like, more people are for it than against it, which is wild of itself. So, it's easier for NASCAR to kind of stand behind Bubba Wallace in 2020 than, and, and from a financial point of view, than it was for the NFL to stand behind Kaepernick in 2016-2017. Does it make a right? No. It makes sense. When you put it that way, it it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like That's not right, but that's why. Right. Uh, If you don't mind. So give me one second. My mic is not working properly. I don't think it's picking me up where I need to, so give me one second. We We back, we back, we back, we back. We lab it. So that's part one of Calvin explains the sports part two. So the NBA is trying to be back. Um, so July 30th is the scheduled restart for the national basketball association. They are scheduled to restart. They are scheduled to restart in Orlando, Florida with a 22 of a 30 team. So pretty much everyone who was within in playoff contention, a reasonable playoff contention when the season was paused is invited back to try to again, minimize as best they can. Um, these players are going to be in what they call a bubble. So basically, once you win, you win until until you out. And so 
the plan is for all players, staff, anything, anybody related to the NBA to kind of be quarantined in Orlando Disney World resorts for however long their season lasts. So the season is scheduled to last three months or so. And so that's the plan. The plan is that their uh, significant others are allowed in after one month. Um, they have rules in place where if you know if you test positive, you gotta kind of, you know, you know, self quarantine for 14 days, and you won't be able to be able to rejoin your team until you get two negative tests and the symptoms have passed for at least three to five days. Um, some of the concerns about the bubble restarting. Um, the first bubble, the first, first concern, excuse me, is obviously the coronavirus itself. Um, people are, you know, NBA players have been getting tested positive. Um, um, out of the 300 players they tested in the first wave, 16 tested positive. Um, Florida and Orlando especially are, is the current hotspot for the virus in the United States. And then the second concern is, um, obviously with the Black Lives Matter protests, the protesting over police brutality and, and systemic racism that some players are worried that, you know, playing basketball at this point um, will slow the momentum down of the protest and will like take some attention away from the protest. So before, so I want to get your opinion on that before I give you my opinion as kind of a person who's more in tune with. This is stupid. I'm going to tell you why I think it's stupid, Calvin, because this is dumb. If you can't, Okay, they're doing it in Orlando. And Orlando is definitely like, we just said, like, uh, we just explained what a hot spot Florida is for the coronavirus. Them niggas ain't sat down a lick and out at all. So let alone, like, not chilling, like, the fuck we were supposed to be doing. Not doing, like, not handling our business at, like the Florida has been supposed to be doing. Florida going Florida. Florida is a meme. Florida is the meme of the United States. Like, if we can cut off Florida, we absolutely would. Absolutely would. So Honestly, putting, the rest of the world the rest of the world looks at America yes, the way we look at it. Honestly, everybody makes a Carrie Hilson face when you mention Florida. Like, it's just not it, it's fucking Florida. Also, that was really, really unnecessarily mean, and I apologize. But <laughs> and, and especially the it was Carrie Washington. You said Carrie Hilson. Carrie, Carrie Washington, Hilson I know what the fuck shit. I meant. <laughs> yeah, I know what the fuck I meant. Carrie Hilson is, she's over here ducking and dodging away from 5G towers. She ain't trying to do shit for real. As she tweets about it from her phone. I'm I'm gonna let it go. Anyway, so Florida going Florida. So you mean to tell me that we're gonna resume this high, this is a context for it. Now, basketball, say what the fuck you want. Sweaty niggas dribbling up and down the court, sharing the same basketball. And for like, how many of y'all? Bro, basketball is a contact sport. Wows and shit. There's no way that these men, y'all going to quarantine how many people to do what now? No, it's so stupid. The, you so, might as well just not so do it. The, the design. The, so let me, so let me break down a couple things because again, you make very valid points, right? I'm not saying you don't. Here's the thing. And here's the reason why we're trying to do it. A, um, the idea is that everybody who's involved with the 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 production of it. So we're talking, we're talking not only just you know the players. We're talking coaches. We're talking 
trainers, we're talking general staff, we're talking referees, uh, we're talking broadcast, we're talking everyone who's involved in the production of this shit is going to be quarantined inside the Disney Hotel. And so, and so they have a, like, auctioned off, I mean, sectioned off um, three different kind of hotels, you know, resorts for them, and try to, you know, get er- everything that they need to not have to leave. They've even set up, set up anonymous tip hotline if you want to snitch on somebody who's, le- who's breaking the bubble. Um, and so they're really trying to kind of, again, they're trying to make sure that no one in that bubble gets sick. Because, again, like you said, once one person gets sick in that environment, in that kind of, you know, you know, contact sport, it's going to be really easy to pass it along to everybody else. But the reason why they're doing it is money, because they stand to lose billions if they don't. So the NBA has something called a collective bargaining agreement. And so... So not only does, and they also have TV contracts with every major sports network, you know, TV rights deals in order, you know, that the, the networks pay the league in order to for right to show the game, right? Those games, they have, but in those contracts, they have a, a minimum number of games that need to be played in order for those contracts to fulfill. When everything shut down in March, they hadn't filled it, they haven't fulfilled it yet. Um, they're obviously on track, but, you know, everything shut down. They haven't filled it yet. So we're talking billions of dollars in TV revenue lost. Um, in the NBA, the salary cap is based off of the revenue. So to make a long story, you know, to make something less complicated, basically, them niggas, they determine how much money them niggas get paid based off of how much money the league brings in. So if the league brings in more money, they get more money. If the league brings in less money, the players get less money. So, so their financial um, future is tied to the league, in a sense. Because basically, the league is like, we don't want to pay niggas sense. more than we make an end. And, and third, again, if the season is shut down, there's a clause in the collective bargaining agreement. The collective bargaining agreement is basically the agreement between the players and the owners of the team. So basically, like, you got your player, you got your employees, and you got your, your bosses, right? That's the, the, and the players are a union. So, like, if you, if you have any idea about, like, a union job and, like, how every time, you, you know, there's a union disagreement, you know what I'm saying, they got to come to the table and set things out, same thing applies here. And there's a clause that if a season gets shut down, they can legally rip wow. up the agreement. So that means that you're, and they have to like make up a new one because these agreements are generally scheduled to at 10 years at a time. So for this agreement, the last lockout was in 2011. And so they created an agreement that lasted in 2017. And then the 2017 agreement lasted until like 2023. So like these are scheduled to like be the, how we know how to play for like years on out. So if that, so if a season, if they don't play, so not only do they lose the billions of dollars of TV revenue, which means the league brings in less money, because they're already not getting ticket money from, you know, fans in the stands, concessions, all of the other shit. They're already not getting that right. because we can't have fans. So if they lose the TV revenue, that means everyone loses billions of dollars, which means that the players 
lose millions of dollars in salaries that they probably already budgeted out. And that means then they have to start a new agreement while broke. You know how easy it is? So, for example, when you were unemployed (laughs) and that job, you know what I'm saying? Like when you were interviewing, put it like this. When you were interviewing for a job, when you had a job, you you had a little more leverage and legally as far as what you can accept as as far as the salary, as far as benefits, PTO, stuff like that. Because you know like. If y'all say no, nigga, I could just go back to the job I'm working right now. Right. And the money I'm making right now. But when you were didn't when you were unemployed, you didn't really have much leverage. You was like, well, if you don't, if I don't accept what you offer, I'm gonna go back broke. Right. I'm gonna go back home to no job. So, so, so you kind of you're willing to accept a little, give a little more leeway because you ain't got no money. That's what the players are in right now. So basically, if the season shutdowns, not only are you taking millions of dollars out of my pocket and billions of dollars of revenue, now the owners who are all billionaires have more leverage in the next negotiation that we weren't even planning for, but now we have to negotiate. That's why we're doing it. It's a money play, yes, but it's also it's a livelihood play. It's like, look, if we don't play, like our livelihoods can be vastly changed for, for years upon years to come. Is it right that they have to weigh their livelihood, their health, and kind of their own personal and social beliefs? No. But that's kind of the scenario that the, that the NBA is in. And the same thing with Major League Baseball, and, you know, for an extent. And pretty much every sport besides football is in a sense, like right now, it's like, look, if we don't play, we lose out on billions of dollars of revenue. We understand it's not safe, but like, how how am I gonna eat if I can, if I can't get no money? That's kind of where we're at. All of that makes sense to me. All of that, and I get it. I'm just it, it's yet again another side effect of the coronavirus and the economic impact of all of this shit. Up until the players that we thought would never have to worry about their finances ever again. So you know what I mean? It's it's again another part of this virus that fucking sucks. Because do I want to see? And, Do and I want to see black men about, going back to enjoying things? Absolutely. Also, I know that sports is a is a form of escapism for y'all. So having this part of sports back, having at least some semblance of sports is back for y'all, like I'm happy for. I just wish that it didn't feel so goddamn unsafe. And you're also talking about, I mean, we're talking about world-class athletes who train for this, potentially losing a year of a career that's right. not that long anyway. Like, for example, LeBron, LeBron is in year 17 of his NBA career. Retirement. Mind, he's 35, he's like 30, he's 33 years old. That, and like, that is like 35 now. He went to school at 18. Like, that is like the, kind of the top of the top of like, like he's expected to have retired by 35. Mind you, we're five years, we're five, six years away from 35 right. now. And I don't know about you, but I am in no position to retire not- in five years. You feel like I am no no position to not work in the next five. You know what I mean? So like, so the career span, and he's like the anomaly. So the career span of these MB, these athletes are already shorter than normal careers because normal careers don't require you to train as hard as they do and, and get hit and bumped and make weird cuts on your legs and knees. Like normal careers don't require that from us. So then to lose a year, to lose a year of an already shortened career span, 
is tough for a lot of players to eat. And and so that's why a lot of people, you know, are trying, you know, risking risking their livelihood to continue. And and to be and truth be told, niggas have opted out. There's been plenty of niggas who have opted out and said, like, I'm not right. I'm not coming back. It's not safe. Like I got a kid with pre-existing health conditions. Like I got a wife who's pregnant right now. Like, you know, so people have opted out. But one thing I do want to talk about is are the people who think playing sports right now would be a distraction. And while I understand that, I understand that, right? It's similar to, because Pat said he'll stop kneeling when justice right. is done, right? Racism and systemic racism is not an issue that will be fixed in months. It's not an issue that will be fixed in like a couple years. So I just wanted to understand like, what would achievement look like in that scenario for you to feel like it's not okay for me to play now, but it's okay for me to play right. in a minute. You feel me? Like I want, I wonder if, you know, if all of these things were going on during the and the season had not stopped, would you, would you still, would you, would you sit out? Would you stop? You know what I mean? Like, or you, or you think that because you've already stopped. So like, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I understand that. Like, we have momentum now. We want to keep momentum. But also, don't, don't phrase it as, like, we're not going to play until we see, like, real change. Real change ain't going to take months to play. It's going to take years. It's going to take, like, a decade. We're not even really fighting for our generation right now. Period. We're fighting for our kids. So, what level, what does that look like to you to make you feel better about playing? <laughs> like, or make you feel better about watching the product? Because it's just not going to change in two months. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, what makes you, what, what, what do you need to see that's going to make you feel better about this shit? Because whatever and you that's a, see, that's a very, you feel like, me? Like, that's a very layered question. And there isn't, I don't, I don't know. What I would like to see is more than what the fuck is being done right now. What I would like to see is from the, at least acknowledge that their actions have been foul. What I would like to see is to say no, like, and of course, far-fetched and a utopian, Alex's utopian society, sports one exists, but that's my utopia, not anybody else's. Like, that's a, because that shit's trash, the fuck, you hate, hold on, I'm gonna let, I'm not gonna let you get that off, because you hate how, you, you wish niggas were out of your face now when we had sports. You know how much, you know how annoying Niggas will be if they didn't have sports. I'll be this honest for with you. your my safety, not ours. not the biggest sportsman, and he still found ways to get the fuck up out my face. It can be done. Hmm. Listen, Alex, for your safety, for your safety, <laughs> don't hunt me again, motherfucker. I swear to God, I'll choke. For your safety, and for and and listen, nine niggas out of the ten you like like sports, so therefore. <laughs> You take away sports, I promise you, they will not become the niggas that you like. I am not my best. Self yeah, no, we've had to deal with sports. you. I've, had to, I've been quarantined with you, Calvin. Like, I get and it. You, I literally got sports inside of my package, like, at, inside of, like, my home package because I know that you would like it. Like, I got literally the only reason why I have cable is for the kids, for cartoons, and for, like, my guy friends. Y'all come over, y'all can watch Sports Center and not talk to me. Like, that's literally it. Like, if I decided to host and there was, like, a huge sporting event going on, that's there for y'all. I love y'all. And, and yet, listen, in, in your utopia, you would take that away from us and, and then we would be make you miserable. I'm telling you, you're not thinking this for, like, I'm telling you, you want sports in your utopia for, for no other reason than the fact we can leave you the fuck alone. Trust me. 
Think work smarter, not harder, baby. I'm telling you. I got two topics. I've got two topics in my hand and only one that I'm actually going to talk about in my Tyra Banks voice. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and dedicate the last segment of tonight to Miss Vanessa Gillian. Um, Vanessa Gillian was a soldier. Hold on. I'm pulling up the story so I can speak accurately about it. Give me just a moment. Um, Yes, she was um, Vanessa Gillian. She was harassed, sexually assaulted by her sergeant. Um, and has been missing since April 22nd. Um, Human remains at her um, naval base or at her base um, have been uncovered. Actually, three human remains have been uncovered at the base that she was missing from. And not, no, none of these bodies have been identified as her. Um, so for first of all, say her name. We have another missing woman um, of Hispanic Latino descent. and. They're saying that in recently, up until, excuse me, up until about uh, two days ago, there have been three remains that have been found and none of them have been identified as her. As of yesterday, there were remains that were found in a shallow grave that have at this point been identified as Vanessa. Um, and uh, the, excuse me, the basis she was found at South Fort Hood. Um, they've had a reputation for handling um, domestic violence or handling sexual assault cases by not handling them at all. Um, and it's just really, really tragic. Yeah. I'm trying not to trigger myself when I talk about this, so I feel like I'm stumbling over my words. So, Calvin, I'm going to throw the assist to you. But I'm extremely fucking mad. And it's almost like, again, the moment that I find myself not necessarily getting over because I'm never over it. I, I'm not over. I can never get over it, especially when you have the same men, the same kind of men walking around this planet freely. Um, murderers, Breonna Taylor's murderers have yet to be arrested. It's been over 100 days. We've got legislation passed for Brianna, but her actual killers and murderers have yet to be arrested. At, to this point, only two of the officers have lost their jobs. That ain't enough. It's still not enough. But like I said, if you wager it out, if you average out the month of June, we've lost a life every day. I'm tired of this list continuing to get longer. I'm tired of people, not people, I'm tired of men being intentionally harmful against women. And then we're encouraged to tell our stories. We're encouraged to speak about this. We're encouraged to bring our stories forward only to further put us in harm's way, continuously put us in harm's way. I'm tired. I'm I'm just I didn't want to talk about it not because she doesn't deserve recognition, but because I my biggest fears are coming to life that when we tell women that we will protect and honor them that it is just lip service because I don't feel any safer last week than I do this week. I just ooh child, women are just not safe. We just not safe. And I don't know what it's going to take to make me feel safer. And for it to not feel performative when men say protect women. I I wasn't going to do this as a a he-man hate nigga bash fest. That's not what I wanted to do. But it just... It just... Calvin, I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired. But to Vanessa, to her family, fight for justice. Absolutely fight for justice. Get the answers that you are not only just deserving, but are required. You're required answers 
for the life, for the death of your daughter. You're required answers for that. And, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this is your case. I'm so sorry that this is her situation. Um, that's all I honestly had to say about that, Calvin. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, it. I guess with this one, with this, um, with this one, it's 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 troubling. It's troubling because for those who aren't aware of how military bases operate, fam, if you like are late for your your PT your roll call by five minutes, they they start sending they start sending people to come find you. You feel me? Like if you have a button untucked, you know what I mean? Like it's an issue. Like they they they, they stress order, they stress knowing every where everyone is at all times. Um, so to have this um young lady missing for the amount of time that she was missing, um, it was months. It was you know what I'm saying since mid April. Um, with kind of with no real explanation besides like she quote unquote went AWOL, and, you know, it 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 doesn't match up with the standard as a military base that you have tried to set for yourself. Um, and then you combine that with while looking for Vanessa, you find three other bodies of of of, of service service men and women. In you know, while looking for the other, you know what I mean. So it's like, so you, so Fort Hood have an issue, and we, we we're supposed to hold our military institutions to a higher standard because that's what you require. Not everyone, not everyone can be a, a part of right. the military. Like it's just not like not not everyone's cut from that cloth. So so. For that to be the experience at that particular military base is disheartening. Um, as far as um, as far as everything else that you touched upon, uh, I, I've been struggling. I've been struggling recently with the life. other part about um, that. Sorry, and, my but, bad friend. The okay. other part, real quick, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but before we lose leave the topic. Um, the other part about that is I think about the predatory ways that, like I said, Vanessa Gillian is, um, she's of Latino descent, Hispanic Latino descent. And when I think about the predatory ways that, and she was serving our country, she was a serviceman in it for our service women for our country. Okay. When I think about the predatory ways that they recruit black and brown people only for them to actually go into service to still be mistreated. And even if we're still fighting on the same racist ass stigma and flag and they're still harmed. I, it's layered. Listen, a lot of, a, a lot a, there is layers and we unfortunately do not have the time to, to thoroughly expand, but you know, thoroughly examine all of those layers, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot of times, a lot of people who are in these armed forces aren't doing it out of love for the country. They're doing it because they were poor and but they were promised a free education. They were promised assistance to go to their family. They were, you know, they're doing it for, they're doing it for a perk. Right. We're doing it for something that they wouldn't have been able to get in normal circumstances. Um, you know, the same, it's, it's, it's similar to how like a lot of payday loans are centered in the hood. Like the, like the suburbs get banks, the hood gets 
right. check cashing places and, and pay their loan because of the predatory nature. Like, you don't see the army, and as someone who's, you know, been to different schools, high schools and colleges, you don't see the army presence in your private schools or your, your super rich public schools. You don't see them as much. They, they're, they're there because they have an obligation, but you don't really see the same level of recruitment as you do in inner city. Um, because we have told, we have, we've ingrained in our culture that black and brown bodies don't mean as much. Um, and I know, we're not going to speak on Buddy today because we ain't got time and it would just be me cussing him out for 20 minutes. But that's why the idea of a black supremacy or a black lives better is so funny to me because we have ingrained in our society from the moment you guys stole us from and from our ancestors and, and brought us here on boats um from from the moment that you you know what i'm saying like you have told us that that the darker right. you are the less you matter and the less your body matters um and that is that is that is as american as apple pie and baseball so the fact that we're trying to peel back these layers of of racist culture, like nigga, the ice cream song is racist. Do you understand me? Like the ice cream song, the original words were like about you know watermelon, like nigga love a watermelon, just like it's a, it's a nigga's ice cream. Like the ice cream song is racist. Like state flags were based off of the Confederacy. Like we're talking things that have been ingrained. Which you know what I'm saying? So like. Yes, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult, you know, saying to understand. But y'all been telling us that we don't matter since we got here. Um, and it's frustrating. And as for and going back to the to the point you made before we 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 kind of veered off. Um, because I wanted to make sure I get this out before we we wrap up. Because it's been tough for me recently. Um, you know, people like. People have hit my line, you know, over the past week asking how I'm doing. And, you know, you want to have feelings, but you also realize your feelings don't matter in this scenario, right? Um, I have been just waiting in the negativity because that's what I felt like I needed to do. Like, my feelings among this don't matter. Like, how I feel doesn't mm-hmm. matter in this scenario. It's not about me. It's not about me. And so I, so it's kind of like I, t- I take the backlash, I take, I take, I take the generalizations, I take all of the shit, and I just, I just, I just suck it up and I internalize it because I'm, I'm not, I can't externalize, it. I can't speak on it because it's not about me. Nigga, no one gives a fuck about what you think in this scenario. That's kind of what I've been telling myself. No one gives a fuck, and that is what it is. So like, it's not. For you and for for every other person who's under the sound of my voice, it's n- you're you're never it's you're never going to feel right. like it's not performative, even when people actually do the work. You know what I'm saying? Like you're never not going to feel that way. And I think we, um, just as men, as black men, just got to accept that. Like you're not going to get you're not going to get anything that you're looking for out of it. You're not going to get, how do I say this in a way that's not offensive? No one gives a fuck about you when it comes to this. 
Like, no one gives a fuck about your feelings. No one gives a fuck about how you feel about certain things. No one gives a fuck if how people phrase things offends you. No one cares when it comes to this. When it comes to your feelings about how the dynamic of men and women are in our culture, in our community, no one, um, how you feel as a black, you, no one gives a fuck. And because no one gives a fuck, you can't, you got to do the work and then not, and expect to not get any thank you for it. You just got to do it and then still take the backlash from Mm. everyone else who hasn't done it. You know, it's a thankless job. No one gives a fuck about you. And this is not, I, I know this is not necessarily the most inspirational thing to, for, to, to convince people to do it, but I can't convince people to do what's right for others. Um, you can protect all the women you want, but you still gonna be called a trash ass nigga just because that's the way, that's where we are right now. It is what it is. Accept it and move on. No one gives I mean, a fuck about you. And this, it depends on the, con- but see, let's not do that though, Calvin. Let's not do that. Because what I want to get away from and what kind of irritates Right, is no the whole narrative of nobody gives a fuck around. No, it's not that I don't give a fuck about the experience of the well being of men. I want y'all to talk about y'all experiences and well being when the conversation isn't about women and what the fuck we're going through. I want to hear from men when the com when like every time a conversation does not center cis heterosexual men or we start talking about the way that men are harmful to women, it's all here we go with the nigga bashing. Like, no, the conversation just doesn't center you at the moment. And it's okay. It's not that nobody cares about you. It just doesn't my center question, you. Right my, my question is, is when we talk, and let's, let's, let's strip away everything, right? We talked about black men and black women, right? Because that's, that's who we are. We could talk about the, the hypotheticals and all this shit. We can strip that away. But see, when, but there's not really... And I've noticed this because I've noticed when men, and I don't, and again, I'm not looking for sympathy. I, so let me make this very fucking clear. I don't, I'm not looking for sympathy. I know what I am. I know, I know, I know the society we live in. I signed up for this a long time ago. In fact, I didn't sign up for this. It was a birthright. When I was born, I, I got born into this. I'm not looking for sympathy. I know, I know the games. I know, I know the players. But even when, when and, and when men bring stuff up that's not centered around a conversation about women, you feel me? Like we're just bringing up our story, and it's not necessarily like a trending topic that we're talking about. Not every woman, not most women, but but a, a, a loud minority of women always shifted to well, men do it too, right? And then turn around and say. When 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 women are talking about their experiences and their stories, that a man says, "Well, like that's my experience of women too." We're not we're well, we're talking about what men did wrong right now. So it's like we have to we have to and I, there's there's something called an imperfect ally. I know however you feel about Dave Chappelle, right? Like you love him, you hate him, you you, you can't stand him, whatever. It's not that's not important here. What's important here is. In the Burr Revelation, he talked about the apartheid in South Africa, by all means, should have been a bloody, bloody war, because that's how usually those things went. Whenever someone is trying to take back their freedom and, and, and start a revolution, it gets bloody. The apartheid, excuse me, the apartheid wasn't that. And the reason why was because they sat down 
and they realize that if if a party is following the system and is following the law and he's committing you know crimes committing acts or whatever the party following the law or the system isn't isn't the criminal the system the system itself is a criminal but the only way but but the only way because everything is so ingrained and everything is so you know just delineated throughout the culture the only way we can know how deep this shit goes is everyone fesses up and confesses to the part they played without repercussion you're just like this is the part i played in apartheid this is the part i played in this oppressive system because we're putting the system on trial not as individual players there's going to be imperfect allies i know i'm not perfect it is what it is i know i say things that piss off women all the time and i still care deeply about them i piss them off and in the only way we can move forward in as far as a discussion of protecting, a discussion of like real honest conversation is if we allow both sides to converse without and to talk about their experiences and to talk about the parts they played in, in the patriarchy, the parts they played in the misogyny, the parts they played in the, the, the misogynoir, the parts they played in the misand- the parts they played in the system without not necessarily repercussion because certain, some actions need, you know, repercussions, but without judgment when they talk about their experiences in this society. And we don't have that right. We don't have that because oftentimes we kind of draw our battle line. And it's like, if you either with me or you against me. And in this scenario, that can't be the case because there is no, we shouldn't be on opposite sides here. We, we as black men and, and black women we need each other. And I know this is some cliche bullshit. Now you're probably tired of it, but we, the only way that we as black men and, and black women will ever see an improvement in the general daily life of us as a culture is if we work together. And we have to work together. We have to understand that your allies may not be perfect. Your allies, your allies may piss you off. Your allies may unintentionally do some shit that, I mean, that and that's what I'm you. saying. Allyship but is not. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm not saying that, like, it has it, to be perfect. I'm not looking for perfection, but I am not looking also to catch like, like it feels almost like an undertone of an attitude when you mention to men, like, "Hey, this isn't about you right now." Oh, here y'all go bashing niggas. Like, I didn't say that. I just said that this conversation isn't about you. And and that's and and that's what I'm talking about here because. Oftentimes, we, we respond with whatever tone we were given, right? Like, if you come at me, you're, you're rightfully fed the fuck up because of everything that you've been through. So you come at other people fed the fuck up because you, 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 don't, have, you, you don't have time for the nice to right. right? However, the person that you're talking to has a, has a right to also respond in kind. You know what I'm saying? You come at, like, if, if in a utopian world, black women could talk to black men any sort of way, and black men would just be like, okay, I accept it. And who's utopian cool. world? Because I don't that's think, I don't think that that's necessarily in. the case either. But here, because, because, because the, here's the case. The reason why is because, and we talked about this when we talked we talk about policing tone, right? 
So in a perfect world, no one's tone would need to be policed. You could say however you felt, and pe- we would understand that it may, even if it came off harsh, you didn't mean it that way in a perfect world. That's, but in the world we live in, unfortunately, the way you say certain shit matters. Because if you, 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 I'm not built to have everyone talk to me a certain type of way, even if you're right. I'm not, it's, it's human nature to recoil at that. Like, it's like, you're right, but like, don't talk to me like that. You feel me? And so that's kind of what, that's kind of what I talk about. Like, look, we need, we have to have a conversation without judgment. Look, this feels performative to me. Here's why it feels performative. Here, like, ideally, your protection, in quotation marks, will look something more like this. And, and then I'm like, okay, I accept that. Here's why sometimes I get angry when you say X, Y, and Z because it affects me in A, B, and C. Okay, I accept that. Like, we talk about performative, and yes, I, I do understand that I've seen niggas who I know for a fact are trash talking about DM me if I'm following your abuser. Nigga, you still key keying with the, with the homie who delete girls' news in the group chat. Like, let's stop it. Let's mm. But also, I've seen, I've, I've seen, I've seen both sides. I think I'm cursed because I see both sides. Because it's not black or white to me. It's shade the gray. So everyone on black side and everyone on white side piss me off. And so I also see that, like, look, if I'm legitimately trying to help, trying to understand, don't, you know what I mean? There's a certain way you got to speak to me that's not necessarily an attack. I'm not trying to be combative with you. I'm trying to understand. But we have gotten to a point where black, where, where black women are fed up because you guys are dying every day. You're dying, at, you're dying every day at the hands of people just you thought you loved. You're dying at the hands every day of people just supposed to protect, or supposed to protect you. I can't, I can't argue the facts. I can't argue that. I can't argue that at all. That's, it, 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 and it's, that's something that has to change moving forward. But it's also like the people who are engaging with you in the conversation aren't nine times out of ten aren't the same people who are doing those acts. Because the niggas who are doing those acts, the niggas who are really like fucking up everything aren't, aren't the niggas who are going to be in social media you know what I'm saying like having discourse. You feel me? So it turns into a, 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 a battle of a quote-unquote good black man and a good black woman going back and forth and that does nothing for nobody. That's why I'm frustrated. That's why I'm angry. And so when I say no one gives a fuck about you, I mean that in like, you're as a black man when it comes to things of sexual assault, sexual abuse, sexual coercion, such, you know, that sort of thing, no one like, my feelings about anything come secondary. Me and you've had conversations about how, about, about how we want to handle certain situations, and I didn't agree with how you wanted to handle it. But your feelings and how you want to handle it meant more because of your right. person that were affected by it. So even if I don't necessarily agree with how you handle it, I'm going to ride for you regardless because that's how, that's how it should be. Just like niggas hitting my line saying, you know, asking how I'm doing when they're asking how I'm doing because of something that affected you. That's what I mean when my, my shit don't matter. You feel me? Like, my opinion matters. My voice matters. But also, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that's going to talk to a brick wall. I, I got to be able to talk to a receptive audience. And if I know the audience is receptive, I just tuck it. It makes sense. Makes and sense. I'm not saying that that stance isn't fair, Calvin. What I'm saying is that in the way it was delivered, it comes across dismissive. 
And that's what I want to avoid. Like when I say I like just understanding that just because it doesn't necessarily center you does not mean that you're not important. It's just the conversation isn't about you. And when we say nobody gives a fuck about us, it just, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, it, it rubs me, it rubbed me the wrong way because I know that's not like necessarily not speaking for you, but I know that there are other men who do feel this way. Like, oh shit, women don't give a fuck about us. We just walk in dick and dicks and wallets. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to talk to you about how black men have been harmful towards me as a black woman. And the only thing that you heard was I'm here to bash you and talk shit. And that's not, that's not my goal. Nor is that how I wanted to get here. There's a, there's a there's now is there a something hold on and is there um, something we, we, to be said about delivery a, yeah, yeah there is something to be said about delivery you can absolutely watch your tone or you know what i'm saying watch how you say things because delivery does matter when you especially when you want your message to be perceived in a certain way delivery absolutely does matter not to tone police though because if you understood her message you just didn't like what she said Creating an argument over the how the message was delivered instead of discussing the actual message is derailing as fuck. So there's a difference, right? And so, and I, I guess I'm, I'll wrap up on this point, right? We know the difference between constructive criticism and pure all just like bashing, hate, hating. This, right. We know the difference, right? And don't again, I'll, don't piss on me. And tell me it's rain. Don't bash me and then tell me it's constructive criticism because I know the difference. And, and it's, again, it's about, it's about what you say and how you say it. And so me and you, we, and it's also about the relationship that you have with the, with the other party. A lot of times you niggas and niggas is gender neutral will talk to somebody you don't know on the internet crazy as hell because you know your, maybe your best friend will understand right. how you talk. But me or whoever, as someone who don't know you, you can't talk to me in that way and not expect that energy to be returned in kind. And like, I think a lot of times we have to stop taking criticism personal if you're criticizing the system, but we can only stop taking criticism personal is if we allow everyone to speak without judgment. I do. You see what I'm saying? Like, if, 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 if we're not allowing everyone to speak without judgment, if we are judging how, you know, how everything's being said, then I have a right to take certain shit personal because you're saying it in a way that makes me take it personal. Like, but if, if, if we have laid some sort of ground rules of, look, everyone will talk, we're going to say what we need to say, we'll say how we feel, and no one's going to judge no one if we don't know how to say it correctly. And that's the way we move on every side. I think we can have actual conversations. Now, again, we are, we are fighting something that's not going to be fixed in our lifetime. Like, I can't, and I can't, I can't take away what they did to you. And it hurts me every day that right. I can't take it away. Like, I'm the type of person, I'd rather bullshit happen to me than to people Fair. I love. Because I know, I'll eat, I'll eat that. I, I'll carry that burden before I, ha- before I let you right. carry it. So the fact that I can't carry this burden for you, that I can't, that, you know, that I couldn't prevent from you from having to carry this burden, it eats at me 
But when I say no one gives a fuck, that means that, that my feelings in the scenario are not the priority. So, but there's a difference that. No one gives a fuck. There's about, a difference there, though. There's a difference. Your feelings do matter. They're just not the priority right now. Saying nobody gives a fuck is very different. And it becomes across dismissive. Because just be. Me, it comes across. I can dismiss my own feelings. You can. Can I not? You can, but you can say that nobody gives a fuck because that's not true. It's not true. It's just not the priority right now. But now we're just arguing over words, which is stupid. And I don't want to do that, especially because we absolutely get each other's point. Um, friend, before we wrap up, because it's going to get very long-winded if we don't, um, I do have something I did want to, to say to our listeners. Um, Wax kind of just rounding out, you know, the month, the past month. Um, the month of June has been extremely traumatic um, on both public, on both um, wide scale nationally um, with the loss of both black, white, I mean, both black and black men and black women. Um, and then personally, when we have... Um, you know, closer, a lot closer to home. Um, we've had people reveal, you know, come forward with their stories about abuse and assault and just, um, and how it's affected us on a more personal level. Um, I being one of those people that have come forward with a story, um, not to get into too many specifics because me off wax, you and I discussed how we choose, how we're choosing to move about this. Um, but I did want to take an opportunity to say thank you. Um, to the people who have supported me from even to my immediate circle of friends, to our, you know, our friends that we may have to travel to go see. Um, the love in this past week has been, I'm trying not to cry, so excuse me, but the love in this past week has been overwhelming. The support in this past week has just been overwhelming. The way that y'all have wrapped me and surrounded me. And nothing but love and protection. Even when my ass didn't want it. Let me let me go as so far to say that my ass did not want the shit. I did not want this. I did not want it. And y'all refused. I'm so glad that y'all ignored me. <laughs> I'm so glad that y'all were just like, Alex, fuck that. Like, you're being stupid. You're being ridiculous. We're not going to let you do any... This walk in particular, you're not doing alone. And y'all refused to let me do it by myself. Y'all refused. Even if it was, girl... Here's some gas money. Go make sure you eat. Even if it was holding my hand as I, you know what I'm saying, handled my business. Even if it was just the space to allow me just to cry and to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling. Whatever it was that I needed, y'all had my back. And it was paramount. And y'all supported me in ways that I couldn't support myself. And just I wanted to make sure that I took the time and opportunity to say thank you. To each and every last one of y'all. You know exactly who you are. You know what I'm saying? I've given this thank you personally, but you know what I'm saying? When the support is public, I, I have to reciprocate that energy publicly. So just from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Like, thank you. That's my positive note for the day, Calvin. You got anything? <laughs> it's not going to pay out. It's going to pay out in comparison to that. Like, my, my shit was going to be. Wash your hands, wear your mask, keep your hands to yourself. Um, just because you're over, just because you're over the pandemic doesn't mean the pandemic is over. Um, and the first half of 2020 um, has been a lot for a lot of us. It's been a lot of just bullshit fuckery. Um, just, you know, you know what I mean? Just a lot. But the second half is here. Um, again, if, if, in a sports analogy, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, they got us in the first half. You know what I'm saying? The first half, it didn't go our way, but that we still got one half left in order to kind of make the best of it, make a comeback. Um, and I just want us as a culture to prove that we are a second-half team. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't – I know we can't talk about – we can't carry the burdens of the first six months through the last six months and expect us to move at a pace that we need to. Um, shit's, shit's, shit's tough right now. Shit's wild. And you're allowed to feel what you feel. You're allowed to feel how you feel. And can't no one take that away from you, but just understand that, hey, you, 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 can't, you don't have to do it alone. Um, if you're ever feeling down, sick, sad, sorry, just want to talk, just want to vent, just want to tell me how niggas ain't shit, want to tell me how your bitch got you fucked up, um, my inbox is always open. Um, my, my, my social media handles are always at the end of these episodes in the description. So if you just want an impartial ear, because I know sometimes it's easier to tell some niggas yep. you don't know for real, for real some shit versus versus telling people that you're close to because you know i don't know you so i can't judge you um just because i'd rather honestly and i'll end with this i'd rather take i'd rather hear your story than to read your eulogy um and take that however you mean to i'd rather read your story than i'd rather hear your story than read your obituary and i mean that with every fiber in my blood every fiber in my bones um we got a lot. We got a lot of people here that, that love and care about each other, that love and care about our culture. And if we can prevent someone's life from ending prematurely, even if it's just sit your ass at home and wear your mask and wash your hands so COVID don't take you out, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, in order to help that. Um, that's all um, I got. It's your girl, Ali Nicole. Peace. Baby, I'm a toy. I'm gonna stop my spot. You caught a vibe, shooting shots. Why not? Tell me the thanks you want to do. Baby, I'm gonna do them to you. I'm gonna stop my spot. You caught a vibe, shooting shots. Why not? Tell me the thanks you want to do.